This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski and Dan Roberts on SENZ. And a very good afternoon. Welcome into Dog Speed, the very last Dog Speed for 2022. In fact, we only have one more show after this, and that's in three weeks' time. But more about that at the end of this show. We've got a lot to talk about today because it's a very big week leading up to Christmas for Greyhound Racing in New Zealand, and particularly at a couple of provincial tracks. And down there at Ascot Park in Vicargill, of course, yesterday, as we heard in uh, Trot Talk, they had their first ever Group 1 of any description across the codes. Krug winning uh, the uh, Ascot Park Hotel in Vicargill Cup down there at Group 1 level for $100,000. And congratulations to Team Dalgetty and especially uh, young Carter, who was on that show. We're going to extend Trot Talk a little bit because our first guest coming up very shortly is at the Harness on the Grass at Rangiura today. Unfortunately, the weather not playing its part there, but we're going to talk about a, a few uh, trotters and paces before we get stuck into that uh, Invercargill Premier Meeting coming up on Friday. Twilight Meeting from 3.49 with those two Group 2s, the Far South Challenge, which has got an outstanding field, and the uh, Galway Cup over the 732 metres. Midweek, we have uh, Palmerston North, two Group 2s there, so Dan Roberts and I will discuss those as well, North Island Challenge Stakes, and also the Nancy Cobain Memorial. And at the end of the show, Greyhound Racing returns to Monaco today, the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club, their last few weeks they've been racing at Cambridge, well they're back at Monaco today, and we've got preferential box draw sprints right across, not just the Class 1s, but right across the grades there, and we're going to call on one of our favourites, Lisa Craig. I thought Lisa would be excellent to finish the year, given uh, the time and the tips that she's given us uh, through 2022. Dan Roberts, welcome in. Last show leading up to Christmas, but doesn't really stop for Greyhound trainers, does it? It's full ball. No, no holidays around here, mate, but uh, we certainly have an exciting week coming up uh, in the lead up to Christmas. Some big races right across the country. It's a uh, going to be an exciting week for sure. Well, to be fair, mate, you've had a couple of holidays in the last few months, so you shouldn't be looking for another one anyway. No, I've, uh, I've just about lived uh, offshore more than I have in New Zealand this year, to be fair. <laughs> I've uh, certainly been pretty lucky. You have, and you've been lucky with your team too, although I'd say that's hard work. Uh, you've been going pretty well. Um, but speaking of teams, we're going to talk uh, to your father. We welcome in uh, Craig Roberts, friend of the show. Uh, Craig, uh, very good afternoon to you. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of codes. I think you're out at uh, Rangiora, and I understand the weather isn't too kind there. Yeah, good afternoon, fellas, and uh, good afternoon, listeners. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Rosa, just before we get into that, um, Dan's whole life is one big holiday, mate, but that's a story for another day. The weather, uh, no, it's, it's pretty ordinary here, Rosa, at the moment at Rangiura. Um, it's, it's been raining reasonably hard. That track's going to... Um, I would say going to cut up pretty bad out there today uh, at the Harness uh, meeting. Um, but we are getting a slight break at the moment. Um, just very light rain at the moment. So you never know. We might um, we might get away with it. Well, coming up to race one, 90 seconds out there. My father's out there today with the Kaipoi Workingmen's Club racing section and they're sponsoring a race today or co-sponsoring a race. Um, Craig, you and your partner Angela Washington got th- three horses in today, so let's extend Trot Talk uh, for uh, a few minutes and uh, talk about race four. Uh, number 16, you haven't come up well with the draws today, Cool Moon. Now, he is a, uh, a three-year-old gelding. He 
I see he's at 40 to 1 at the moment and he's on the drift. I did see his uh, debut. He sort of got run off his feet a bit at Addington, but it was a pretty quick race. So maybe the, a slower grass track might actually help him today. Yeah, well, the poor bugger, um, he, he landed uh, in a race that uh, looks like it had a, a really nice young horse of um, Cran Dalgetty's. And, you know, they were a mile rate of 155. They ran home in 55, and our poor wee fellow was parked. So um, it was a it was a baptism of fire for him for, him for his first start. But, look, he's a nice wee horse. He, he, um, he, he's, there's not much of him, but um, he's a lovely pacer. He, he guides along good, and... Um, he he's, uh, he he did get a bit crook on us as a virus going around a few months ago, and um, but look, we're fact finding today. Obviously, he's never been on the grass, um, so we we're going to see how he cops that. But with the conditions, it's going to probably be hard to get a line today. But look, you know, look, he is a nicely horse, and if he got a decent sort of a set, he, he, you know, he wouldn't be far away at the finish. Yeah, might keep an eye on him. Uh, in race five, Luna, Luna Rosa, she's she's only had the uh, three starts, and she's picked up an early win for you. Four-year-old Mare, I see she's at uh, at $12, and I imagine you've got a wee bit of time for her. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah, she's been um, she, she, she's been a work in progress. She When we uh, purchased her, she bought off my cousin, actually. Um, and uh, when we first got her, she was um, in trotting hobbles, and... Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of them, Rosso, so I said to Ange, we, um, if she's going to be uh, racing for us, we want to get rid of them. So we, we managed to um, get rid of them, which is really good. So, um, you know, and she trots good and she wants to be out there and um, she normally does everything right. So uh, if she cops the grass, she should get a she should get pretty handy. Um, it was a good run at Eddington last start when she led and she battled away good for fourth. Um so if she gets a nice run today, uh, she shouldn't be too far away. And in race six, Craig, you've got Hilda Maud, number 12, for another tricky draw here. She's $26 today, resuming as a four-year-old mare here. Now, she's one of my faves because she um, she has had a win uh, in her eight starts and, and she paid plenty. What can we expect from Hilda fresh up? Yeah, well, look, she, she's um, she's always had a bit of an attitude, old Hilda, but um, she's uh, she's a lot more settled this time in, and um, she, you know she had a really nice trial. Actually, Dan drove at the trials a couple of weeks ago here, and um, uh, Jeff Dunn had one in it. Um, can't think of its name now, but there was only three in it. But they went a nice clip, and she was um, she she finished about half a head or so away from uh, Jeff Dunn's horse, and it came out and won on Friday night at Addington. So. Um, we're, that's a you know pretty good sign for us. But you know, like, like you said, she's drawn out in the car park, so that's uh, she's going to need to get things to go right early for her. But we we expect a bold showing from her. Excellent at odds too, Craig. Um, that's a good. Uh, how many horses have you and Ange got in work? Well, we've uh, we had six in work. Uh, we we've just we're probably uh, putting one out for a spell, so we're down to five. So we've got over half the team here today, Rosso. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a big day, Righto, Dan. Just heard your name mentioned, mate, and I know you're you're a cross coder, of course. We've uh, driven winners, um, and uh, you've been behind Hilda Maud. Have you been behind the other horses too? And what what do you think we can expect today from the uh, the Washington Roberts team? Yeah, I've driven all three of them uh, at the trials, actually. Uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, Hilda Maud's first win was at Rangiora, but that was on the grit. Um, but maybe a bit of a suggestion that she quite likes the Rangiora racecourse. Uh, she was pretty good in uh, in her last trial, as Dad said, so 
It's not ideal draws for the whole team, but it's uh, grass track racing and it's a wet day. So it's probably going to be pretty rough divvies today, Rosso. So those ones are paying plenty, so it might be something to look into. Yeah, no, look, I'm really looking forward to, to watching this afternoon and particularly those horses of all the best uh, to you, Craig, with them. Now let's uh, switch our attention to Greyhound Racing. Um, that's our extension of Trot Talk done. Uh, with a with a nod to uh, to Greg and Mick and, and all I've done over the year for the uh, for the harness code. So, turning to dog speed, um, the Far South Challenge Final twenty thousand dollars six twenty one on Friday evening at Ascot Park in Vicarla. It's an incredible field, Craig, and you've got dogs that are going to be paying a pretty good odds there in the final. Quintessa Bale and Adobe Kid. I'm thinking of the two that you think you might get some money out of Quintessa Bale drawn box number seven. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, she won't mind it out there. Um, she, 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 and she can, you know, ping the lid. So, oh, look, you know, she's, she's, she's going to be struggling to, uh, to be a winning chance. But she tries her hard out that wee girl. She's only about twenty three point eight kilos. She's only a midget, but um, you know, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't care how small she is. She, she always tries her hardest. But um, so she, you know, look, she, she's a chance. So, yeah, but, but like I say, I think realistically, I'm only running for, you know, for, for the thin end of the place money, but. Um, and the same with Adobe Cat. He went good in his heat, um, but probably just a touch below those those good dogs. In the uh, other group, two on the day, and that's going to be race number five at 5.05. It's the Galway Cup final, straight final, over 732 metres. Really good field of eight here, Craig, and no keepers drawn uh, number one. But um, over the 6.45 on Thursday, you're able to uh, knock off no keeper with uh, Rowan Bale, and it uh, looks like he's steadily... Are building into his uh, into his game, Craig. Here in New Zealand now, do you kind of feel that you're on the right track with him? Yeah, I hope so, Rosa. Look, I've got big reps on this fella. Um, I, I, this this guy should be, um, you know, he should be uh, he should be the number one stayer, uh, in, in my opinion, on on what I know of him and have seen of him around um, home and at the trials. So. Um, I, he just he worried me a bit um, in the time that it took him to get past the leader the other night. Um, just he just looked a bit clumsy, like he, he went to go up the inside and sort of then checked back and then and then ended up going around the outside. But um, look, he is a serious greyhound, that greyhound, and I think um, you know we had to rush him a wee bit early to get him get him ready for Cup Week, which didn't you know backfired on us, but. Um, I think uh, if he gets a, if he gets a nice sit, um, he'll be very very hard to beat. And you've got uh, Roger Bale out there in box number eight. Is he a bit of a mystery at the moment, Craig? Can you sort of enlighten us a bit because he's certainly down on his best. Yeah, he is, Rosso. Um, I don't know whether um, you know he's had a, he's had a bit of racing and and that um, over you know the last few months and that it might. You know, if he sort of um, if he if he goes an ordinary one on Friday, we might to, we might look at just giving him a few weeks off and and um, and uh, going again with him. You know, he's a bit of an old warhorse, old Raja, but he is obviously, as we know, he's better than better than what he, he has been going his last four or five starts. So, um, you know, look, if it was the real Raja turning up, he'd he'd be in the money. Um, but but uh, we we just <laughs> we'll have to wait and see which Raja is going to turn up. Mm. Well, you're up against uh, both your sons there, Craig. Matt's got Claws and Leo. Dan's got Goofy Adobe, but I think you've got the big weapons in that particular race. Uh, and um, we'd better have a, a quick talk about the uh, the feature sprint final down there, Craig, because you've got a couple of runners that are just going absolutely red hot. Levi Bale and Corborn Carty and the side-by-side, and I'm imagining you 
pretty pleased that Corborn Carty's drawn underneath Levi Bale. Yeah, well, I, I, as per usual in a, in a group race, Rosso, I, uh, I've got my usual crappy draws, but um, it has worked out not too bad this time with, as you say, Carty drawn inside Levi. That, um, you know, that's going to be a hell of a big help to uh, to Levi. And um, and also um, Dan's dog, actually, at the garden, he's going to... Uh, He's going to enjoy having Cardi on the inside of him as well. So, um, look, they are both very, very good um, dogs, those dogs. Very good sprinters. They'll be amongst, you know, the, the best sprinters I've had. And um, um, uh, that track suits both of them ideally. So, um, I think if whichever one of them makes a clean beginning, if, you know, if one of them can be in front of the first bend, they won't be getting a beat. Just... Can you talk to us a bit about your decision on uh, putting Corbin Cardi in the sprint over the four five seven? Well, I, I just um, I, I, at, at the time I, I had a few extra C five little distance dogs, but one or two had gone by the wayside. So um, I just thought uh, we'd put him put him in that. I mean, it's good stake money, and uh, you know he 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 goes to 390 exceptionally well and, and, and strongly, so I just thought that, you know, putting him in that, then the, the 450 up against the superstars and, um, you know, some of those other stronger dogs. Uh, your son's asking all the hard questions. Craig, before we let you go, we know you've got to gear some horses up. Um, you are on the board of directors now for Greyhound Racing New Zealand. What sort of prompted you to... <coughs> Uh, get back into uh, sort of administration at, at national level? Well, Rosso, look, if I'm being perfectly honest, I, I, I didn't really want to have to take the role on, but I feel that, uh, you know, the current um, the state that the game's in regarding uh, getting all this um, um, uncalled for media attention and, and getting bullied, really, by um, by outside influences. Um, and and even uh, influences within the um, within the racing industry, um, and I feel that the the owners and the trainers don't don't really um, get much of a, a say or uh, much support. So um, I, I thought I you know I have to do my bit and um, and 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 represent uh, the industry and the participants and try to uh, you know. Forward, take the game forward, and and um, combat some of these, you know, this negative press and and um, negativity around the sport. You know, a lot of it's just completely uncalled for. I agree, a hundred percent, Craig, and good on you for doing that. Because I know you've got a busy enough life as it is. You certainly got a busy day. Hey, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Good luck out on the grass. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for that, Rosso. There's Craig Roberts, father of Dan co-host who's uh, leaning back in his chair and looking forward to a preview of the Southland Greyhound features of which he's a very big part so we're going to get Dan to chew over that right after this on Dog Speed with Greyhound Racing New Zealand and looking forward to the massive meeting at uh, Invercargill Ascot Park Southland Greyhound Racing Club their premier meeting on Friday evening they start they have the late slot 3.49 Palmer North will go early on the Friday the lunchtime meet so 3.49 the first of 12 for the Southland Greys and the two Group 2 features, first up the Galway Cup final race 5 at 5.05 for a stake of $20,000 over the 732 metres. And a race 8 at 6.21. An outstanding field assembled for the $20,000 Far South Challenge. 
Dan Roberts, really interested to get your thoughts. You were down there for the day of the heats, and we have assembled a final. And without mentioning any particular greyhounds, I'll throw the floor over to you because we saw some outstanding performances in the heats for this Far South Challenge. Yeah, uh, like, we, like we said earlier, Ozzo, uh, Group 1 racing in Macargill yesterday for the Harness, first Group 1 I've ever had in Southland across all three codes, and now we've assembled this outstanding Greyhound meeting, so Invercargill is the place to be at the moment, and uh, those three features is certainly not lacking ability, that's for sure, but I mean, I find it hard to look past Postman Pat in the Far South Challenge, he had Box eight, uh, box 1 in his heat, and he obviously broke the track record, which was... Uh, he was simply low-flying there. American Warriors track record demolished, and he comes up with box eight in the final. I, th- I don't think that's going to trouble him. I think he's uh, going to be awfully tough to beat. He's eight from ten, and uh, and two times second. Once to one of your dogs, dispute or not, and once to Big Daddy on New Zealand Cup night at Addington. Dan, just to try and put this into perspective for casual listeners, he's just turned two. He's only had the ten starts. He's broken American Warrior's track record. American Warrior, a dog who won a New Zealand Cup and was New Zealand Greyhound of the Year. We see rising stars. They come and go. Some of them shine brightly for a while. Some don't. They can fizzle out reasonably quickly. But what he has done so far, and in particular that particular record, it's quite extraordinary. Yeah, it's uh, it's a wee bit scary, actually, to think how good uh, he could potentially be. He's got... The world ahead of him, really. Like, uh, like you say, he's only just turned two. And on my drive home from Invercargill last week, Ros, I had plenty of time to myself, so I did uh, tune in to Dog Speed. And you talked to Jack Hart, and I hear he mentioned Australia on the, on the cards potentially uh, a bit further down the track. But so that was obviously before he raced. I wonder if uh, they're thinking of maybe going sooner after what he did on that day. Well, look, this. Yeah, look, there's, there's plenty of options for him, but obviously at the moment he's, he's, he's something quite phenomenal very early on in his career. Now, Dan, how would you go if you're a dog called Big Daddy and you've won eight from nine and um, you're not the first one talked about? I mean, he won the <laughs> other heat. He ran 25 and 69, which is a very good time in its own right, and he has defeated Postman Pat, as I mentioned previously. Now, Postman Pat had excuses that night. There's absolutely no question about that. But Big Daddy is some sort of animal himself from, of course, the same kennel. Yeah, uh, you feel a wee bit sorry for him, Rosso. He's uh, potentially going to live in Postman Pat's shadow for a lot of his life, and we can't knock his career. He's certainly done a good job to date, and he went he went good in his heat as well. It was a bit the same at Palmy. Um, he was pretty impressive there. Uh, he had to drive through off box one, so he's definitely in with a chance. Box six, probably not really ideal for him, but he's definitely a, probably a winning chance, to say the least. This is going to be a fascinating watch, and Dan, here we are talking about a Group 2 race, and the third dog we talk about is a Pawa superstar. He's one quarter of a million dollars, this dog, 27 from 42. He couldn't live with Postman Pat in the heat. He was beaten three lengths. I've got an enormous amount of time for a Pawa superstar. Do you think he can turn that around in the Far South Challenge on Friday? I mean, of course he can, and he's... Uh... He's trained by Gene and Dave Fahey, and we know how they get them firing uh, for the big ones. He just he just didn't have an answer for Postman Pat the other day. So if Pat leads him, I don't think he can beat him. Um, I think he's going to have to be in front of him by the time they hit the bend. 
And I think whoever's at, in front at that point is probably going to be winning the race. Anything else you want to mention before we leave the Far South Challenge at 6.21 on Friday, which if you're going to watch one Greyhound race this week, make it that one. Uh, interesting runner, Mrs. Chin. I believe she broke the 17-second barrier on Friday at Eddington. She did. She did. Um, 4.50 is yep. probably right up her alley. She's just not probably quite a genuine 520-metre dog, but the one-turn track's probably going to suit her down to the ground and like 1698 I think it was so she's certainly informed she could give them something to think about if she uh, flew to the lead yep and of course uh, New Zealand Oaks winner Charlotte Lou was in there another for the Jack Hart team and for owner Jose Arthur and of course we've talked to Craig Roberts about his pair Quintessa Bale and Adobe Kid the Galway Cup final is a straight final Dan uh, no keepers drawn uh, number one Really running like a 700-metre dog at the moment. He's got an outstanding record down there. His record overall is incredible. If he wins this race, he'll be not very far off $300,000 in stakes. However, your father was pretty confident around Rohan Bale. I think he's going to be my bet, depending on what uh, price comes up here. I understand you took him down for a trial, and that is key information. Yeah, it uh, didn't really go to plan. The lure actually... Broke down halfway up the home straight, but he's had a look ah. around that bend nonetheless. So it uh, it is key information and it is uh, very beneficial. Um, does help dogs a lot and probably gives them a few few links as opposed to going into a track first look. And you yourself have got Goofy Adobe in there now. On balance, he probably won't come up. Uh, she probably won't come up a hundred to one, but. That might be about where she's at. Or or are you going to say she's a, a sneaky first four chance or could surprise us? Well, I mean, she could. She's she's one of the most interesting dogs I've trained, to be fair. Uh, when I was over in Australia, she she led off box eight over 520 and got, got run down into fourth. And uh, I thought I was being a bit harsh lining her up over 645 the next week. But she ran third there and attacked the line. So how she got run down over 520, I don't know. I think she's incredibly one-paced. Um, she could surprise. I don't. I, I, th I think she'll see out the 7.30, probably not the, on that day. She might need the run, but I think she'll see out the distance. She could potentially be a sneaky first four. Um, I think she's probably going to be a likely leader, to be honest with you. Mm, okay, no good thoughts. Anything else on the Galway Cup before we leave that? I, I do think it's no keeper's race to lose. He's obviously got the gun drawer. Uh, he's the gun dog. and I, I, I think my one will probably lead, but she hangs off the rail, so he's just going to get a, a soft run up the fence. I think uh, the bookies will probably open him short, as they usually do, so Rohan Bale might be the bet just for a bit of value outside of him. The sprint final for $15,000. We had some really competitive heats. We've talked to your dad about Levi Bale, Corborn, Carty, and, of course, we've got Opawa. A rider in there as well, although he made a, a, a bit of a mistake the other day at, at Addington, and when he does that, any sprinter, you're in, in great trouble. But with a power rider, Corborn, Carty, Levi, Bale all drawn next to each other, you know you've got a decent race. Is that the race, Dan, or do you see something popping up, spoiling the party, maybe even your dog, Empty Garden? Yeah, I think uh, I do think any of the eight can actually win it. Goldstar Gigi was very impressive off box eight in her in her heat, and she draws up in box eight again. Which, to be fair, I I was sort of hoping that Empty Garden flopped that draw just with the likes of Corbin Cardi in there, and Young Romeo tends to head across as well. But yeah, certainly a good field. Um, 
yeah, like I say, I think any of the eight can win it. Buster's brother, he's been in some incredible form for, for the local Brett Connor. Box one, I'm sure they probably wanted box eight again. He seems to have been living out of that pink rug, but uh, I can make a strong case for Empty Garden. I'm hoping that he can just give Levi Bale a wee nudge early and uh, just <laughs> trip him up for a stride or two and hoping Corborn Cardi does a wee bit of or heads across and gets tangled up with the other inside runners and I might just swoop on them, hopefully. Yeah, that could be a pretty interesting betting race, that race number seven. That's at 5.51 on Friday. Well, Dan, look, normally you're probably, um, you know, um, hide behind the kennel block when it comes to uh, being chosen to do the drive down to Ascot Park in Bacargo, but surely you're putting your hand up to go down this Friday. Yeah, I am. We've, uh, we're going to have to take a few staff. We've actually got 22 in there, so we're not even sure how Ooh. we're going to get all of them down there at this stage. So we've, there's a bit of a logistical nightmare happening, and whether we go down on the day, they don't start till 10 to 4, so whether we go down on the day or go down the day before, and then coming home's a nightmare as well. So it's a lot of logistics <laughs> to sort out in terms of that trip. Yeah, and it's going to be close to Christmas when you get home, of course. But, Dan, that's what Premier Racing does, right? We've got Premier Stakes right across the board, so um, it's attractive to get as many dogs in as you can. Yeah, certainly. Uh, the, the noms were pretty good. A wee bit disappointed that they didn't get a, a C4 and 5 race, but obviously all the good ones have been in the Far South Challenge. So the undercard's certainly good, and, yeah, three features. It's it's a massive day at Invercargill, and it's, it's great for the club as well. Yeah, it certainly is, and they also have a 630-metre uh, race to boot too, so that's outstanding. And all the best to Bron Winnie and to the club down there, Richard Breen, and all of the locals. Hope the locals have some success. Dan mentioned Brett Connor there. That is the Southland Greyhound Racing Club's premier meeting Friday. It's an afternoon-evening meeting, twilight meeting. It starts at 3.49 with a two Group 2s. Now, there's two Group 2s midweek at Palmerston North on Wednesday. We'll do a quick preview of those right after this. Welcome back to Dog Speed. Dan Roberts, Mark Rozanowski talking all things greyhounds. As we say every week, Rozo, another week's flowing by and uh, we are in the lead up to Christmas and we've got a pretty exciting week of racing and we're going to look at your backyard this time, Rozo, your bread and butter, Palmerston North. They've got a couple of feature races up there, the uh, North Island Challenge Stakes, which is a Group 2 level for $20,000 stake there. And the Nancy Cabane, we get to see Thrilling Rogue, Rozo, probably be a short price favourite here. A very short price, thrilling rogue, and given that he has been able to win the New Zealand Stars Cup at Addington, uh, defeating no keeper, and then win the feature on the 2nd of December over the 720 metres in a race where uh, no keeper ran third, then uh, he is entitled to pretty warm favouritism here. He draws box number eight, uh, Dan, which isn't ideal, but they do get a decent run to the first bend over the 720, and he's just got pretty a good box speed, and so you'd like to think that he's going to cross, and I, I really hope that that happens, because I don't want to see uh, any of these dogs uh, bumping going into the first bend. Um, Karen Walsh has got Thrilling Fern in there as well, and we haven't seen a lot of Thrilling Fern, and with most kennels you'd say, well, you know, she's probably going to need the run, and this is a big ask first up. We're talking about a greyhound that's raced once um, since the middle of August, but because it is Karen Walsh, and we saw what she was able to do with uh, you know, thrilling rogue uh, leading into that New Zealand Stayers Cup series, then expect a decent run out of thrilling fern or she wouldn't be here. And the local hopes Mr. Fahrenheit. Now, really disappointed for the Morris team uh, last start because on the 2nd of December, he jumped really well, Dan. And um, then midway through the race, uh, clearly something was wrong and he pulled up with a sore whip muscle and 
I think from where he was, he was a very good chance to run second in that race, and I'm really hoping that he can carry the local hopes a long way in the Nancy Cobain Memorial on um, Wednesday afternoon. It's at 12.46, so a lunchtime feature. Yeah, he's certainly uh, a good dog on his day, Mr. Fahrenheit, and uh, would be interesting to see him ping to the lead and probably give Rogue something to think about, but Rogue certainly uh, made somewhat of a fortress out of those 720-metre races at, at Palmy, and she looks likely and looks awfully hard to beat. Next feature race on the card there, Rosso, the North Island Challenge Stakes. Uh, they've assembled a pretty hot line-up here. It's a beauty. Um, because it's largely locals with one visitor, Sean Codlin with sweet potential, but because of the way some of these dogs have been racing, Federal Infrared and Mustang Charlie have both gone exceptionally close to Federal Morgan's track record in recent times. Federal Infrared draws six, Mustang Charlie draws eight, that's perfect for him of course. Between them is Core Elijah. On Friday, he broke the track record over 375 metres with a run of 21 flat, and he didn't do it straight from the front either. In fact, he ran up the back of uh, Aston Lamont running across the top, but his run home was so exceptional. He ran 21 flat and took down Typhoon Tim's track record by two one hundredths of a second. Very capable 457-metre dog. And drawn underneath them, Dan, is Carey Street. And we talk about rising stars like Postman Pat and Big Time Daddy. Well, Carey Street's been that. Six from 11 so far, three times second. Uh, pushed Mustang Charlie to a neck two back. Beat Mustang Charlie last start, went second to Federal Infrared. She likes the rail box five, could cause a few problems, and she could help out a Federal Infrared. But the dog I'm really looking forward to seeing is Sweet Potential. Box number two, clean getaway, hopefully ahead of uh, Carey Street, because there will be a bit of pressure coming left. But she's been excellent when she's travelled to Palmerston North in the past, and... On Thursday at Cambridge, she pulled out a 25 and 37, beat some high-quality dogs like Pedro Lee. So she's in the right shape for this North Island Challenge Stakes. It'll be a ripper at 3.25. And, uh, of course, we have to remember that that is on Wednesday. Usually, Palmy has their big meetings on a Friday, but it's Wednesday this week. Rosso, we've got uh, a big meeting coming up at Cambridge, and there's the Restricted Age Classic. How excited are you leading into this race? Because there's some exceptional Restricted Age talent going around at the moment. Yeah, there is. And we're in for a cracking season across the board, aren't we, girls, boys? And when they combine together as well, Derby should be a cracker. The Oaks at times can be a touch weak, but might not be this time around. There's always the exceptional odd one or two in the girls, but not usually a, a cracking field like we have for the Derby. And we've had some upsets in the Oaks. We probably have less so in the derby, but really looking forward to it because we've got that many good young greyhounds, most of them New Zealand bred as well. And of course, there'll always be the odd addition um, as well um, that we don't see coming. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's very, very exciting times ahead uh, for the races in the uh, in the new year. Of course, the Waikato meeting's gone back a fraction uh, instead of sort of being right on top of Christmas and New Year, which makes it a bit tough for the travellers. Uh, the final's coming up on the 12th of January, and in our meeting, uh, sorry, in our show in three weeks' time, we'll obviously uh, be looking at that, among other things. Just before we move on, Dan, just like to say a, a quick thank you to um, Dean Hodson, President at Manawatu, and to, to Sue, uh, his wife, who's the secretary there, and to all of the team, I know Dean and Sue very much wanted to thank the team at the Manawatu, all of the staff there, the security, the people who make those meetings happen, because 
It's been a strange year with no hat-trick. We've had two meetings a week at Manawatu, whereas in the past we've only had the one. It's been a tough year. It's been a tricky year. But they've got through and done what they can to try and meet the uh, requests and demands of being the only track in the central districts. And it's been tough on everybody. We look forward to the new year, the new straight track at Hattrick Raceway, the reopening of Hattrick. But, you know, it's still a wee way off. And we'll talk more about that in three weeks' time. But a big thank you to everyone who has made Manawatu work uh, this season. Now, we're going to wrap up the year with one of our faves, Lisa Craig. Auckland Greyhound Racing Club is back at Monaco uh, this afternoon. First race, 105. So what are we, 25 minutes away or so? And we'll go talk through the Craig team right after this to wrap up dog speed for 2022. And it is a quarter to one, so we're in the home straight in the last dog speed of the year, and we welcome in one of our favourites, and that is uh, Lisa Crank. And Tracy and Lisa Crank have a decent-sized team in today at Monaco, and good to have the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club back at headquarters at Monaco. Well, Lisa, a very good afternoon to you. Hi, uh, good, good afternoon. Race number four, dog speed on SENZ, and we do appreciate the Northern Clubs pushing us and the Manawatu as well, pushing our dog speed show uh, in their race names. You've got Major Margaret uh, fresh up. How's she been going leading into her resumption today? Um, um, she's going all right. She trialled on Wednesday at Auckland, so it was good to get her onto the track. She went like around 1890, so she might need the run today. She's probably more of a rough place chance in that field. Race number five, uh, you've got three runners in here, but the, the money is saying smile a while, number two, uh, 3.2 into 2.4 the last time I looked. Do you think punters are getting it right? He definitely been an improver's run last start at Waikato. We've had issues with him since he won over 4.57 quite some while, quite a while ago. Um, I feel like we've got him on the right track now. He's drawn well. And um, if he puts in a similar effort to last start behind that good dog, um, I think he's a good chance. Lisa, I know Darren White's pretty keen on Mirko today off box number five. Do you give him an each-way hope? Well, uh, Mirko does does um, go good from midfield draws, and he's the experienced runner in the field. He has been to open class. There's no reason why he couldn't um, come out on top in this race. It's a very even field, and he does try his hardest. Um, yeah, he, he, he's a chance. Race 7, number 7, uh, Ammonite, winner 2 back. Of course, the racing's all been at Cambridge of late, gets box number 7 and what looks to be a pretty even field. How do you rate her chances? Um, I actually prefer her at Auckland. So based on her current, current form, I think she's a chance. I mean, again, these preferred box draws should work in to the favour of a lot of the runners today. So... With the eight dog drawn outside of her, she should get space if she misses it and be able to drive through. Again, it's a reasonably even field, but she's got the ability to go close in that race. Lisa, just on that, preferential box draws being trolled across the grades at uh, Monaco. Um, how do you feel about that as a trainer? I think, you know, we're all moving forward and we're trying our best to keep injury rates down. You know, initially I thought to myself, will it make racing less competitive and easier? Well, of course it will. But main thing is to keep our dogs as sound as possible and you're still going to get competitive races, you know, like it's going to work out in the favour of your real leading dogs. 
like the absolute top sprinters, they'll almost be unbeatable because when they're drawn certain draws, um, you know, sometimes when you get the field, you're, you're thinking, oh, well, we, we might have a chance this week because, you know, the good dog's drawn box four, you know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. with um, it being a preference draw, it is going to make it, and I'm talking about the real unbeatable dogs, but once they get their suitable draw every week, it really will be bad luck that beats them because it's not going to be box draw. But at the end of the day, we want to do the best for our dogs and keep them sound as possible. And, um, you know, on the day, like I said, you've got to have luck. So you can have the best box draw and the best dog, but if you don't get luck on the day, you get beaten. Well, um, you've got box one with wheels on fire with the preferential box draw system in race number 10. He's won 20 of 46. What can we expect from him today? You know, he's a smart dog, but... He'd done his flexor tendon, you know, a, a while back now once his form line dropped, a lot, dropped away. So he's like a day-to-day racing proposition. He trialled at Cambridge last week, just a hand slip. He went a 6.2. Um, the top dogs, when they fit, go around a 6.10. So he's um, on track to go a good race today. But he's a day-to-day racing proposition now with that flexor tendon injury. But um, we think he's well enough and he's drawn to suit today. You got cut and dry last start winner in there, but I just want to mention uh, Queen Nancy here because we haven't seen her since the end of September, Lisa, and I did note a wee bit of money on her 13 into 9 this morning. Again, she trialled last Sunday at Cambridge. If memory serves me right, her trial time was around 21.20. The track was flying that day. I I mean, there was dogs breaking 21. I'm not taking anything away from her trial time. Her trial time suggests that She's um, come back good this campaign. Um, so if she could put in a repeat performance of that trial, I think she could go close, but this is a good field. In the last, uh, Lisa, we've got uh, just one laugh, number four. Is the favourite, took a wee bit of money this morning, 2.5 into 2.3. Do you think you can wrap up the day uh, with a win to him? He's one of your... Uh, Newer dogs, one on debut at Cambridge, uh, then ran third to Allegro Smudge, who has gone on and won again. Yeah, he's a nice type. He's um, well, he's a two-year-old. He was a two-year-old maiden, which kind of makes me laugh, because generally speaking, we have our maidens up and running around 17, 18 months, but we had um, a lot of issues with one of his toes, so we had to get that operated on. We're on top of it now. And he's got just as much, much as ability as his siblings that have progressed through the grades, like Queen Nancy and Tien after four. He just lacks experience. Um, you know, he does, like I say, have ability. And if he gets out or can get a run, he should go close in that race, in the last race, because he's, you know, we're right on top of him now. Mm, decent sized fella, 35.7. We haven't touched on every single one of your runners, Lisa. Um, do you have one that you think for punters might be a, a, a Craig Christmas cracker, one that we should back today? Well, I'm the worst tipper going, generally speaking. <laughs> so I think I'll stick with the low grade just one last because, um, you know, you, you tend to think in the low grade, even if you do get into a bit of trouble, you can overcome that trouble to to get up and win. You know, when you find trouble in the higher graded races, it's very hard to pick up the dogs with just you know similar abilities. So we'll stick with the low grade dog and go with just one last today.
Well, Lisa, you might be a terrible tipper, but you do give us great information, which is what the punters are looking out for there. And in the end, it's their decision as to what they do with that. But we uh, really do appreciate during 2022 when we've called upon you in uh, giving your honest assessment of the uh, Tracy and Lisa Craig team. And hope you get a brief moment on Christmas Day to uh, to enjoy yourselves. I know it's been fairly tough for uh, trainers there in the north, so congratulations on getting through the year, and here's hoping for 2023 to be a good one for you and all those in the north. Thank you, appreciate that, and um, we'll certainly do our best for the um, supporters out there to get those winners up on the dais. Tremendous. That is uh, Lisa Kreich and Monaco. They're back underway in about 15 minutes Auckland Greyhound Racing Club back on their track at Monaco after a few weeks away at Cambridge. Three minutes out from the end of our final show for the year, Dan, and one more show only of Dog Speed, which is in three weeks' time. We won't be here Christmas Day on New Year's Day. We will be here on January the 8th at 10 o'clock, so a different time, 10 o'clock January the 8th. Before we go, Dan, um, we need to talk about the Phoenix last night, not the football team who beat Adelaide United 3-1 in Wellington yesterday, but... The race, the slot race, out of the Meadows, which, well, she's fast, won for the second time running, and what, top $2 million in stakes? Unbelievable. This race has only been run twice, and, uh, well, she's fast has trumped them on both occasions. I believe Sportsbet held her slot, so they kept the faith after she delivered for them last year, and then uh, she's done it again this year. She's she's an incredible dog, aptly named, well, she's fast, and... She looked the winner a long way out last night. Uh, she picked the jump fairly cleanly and settled nice and handy. She's uh, pretty strong, so she's a pearl. Was going to have to be game to hold her out, but she got over the top of her in the concluding stages, Rosa. Yeah, two wonderful greyhounds, and uh, congratulations to the Greenoffs. It's uh, quite incredible uh, to have a greyhound won, what, about two and a quarter million <laughs> so far, and uh, potentially more to come. It's, it's, it's head-shaking all right. Um, Dan, look, really uh, appreciate your uh, your work over the back half of the year with uh, Dog Speed picking up when uh, Andy McCook got the full time gig at the Christchurch Greyhounds. Um, hope you've uh, enjoyed yourself, and looking forward to catching up with you in three weeks' time or so. And hope you get a oh, just a, you know, your dad might give you a couple of hours off over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, I doubt it. He'll be travelling the horses all up and down the country. I'd say so. No, uh, no, it's been it's been really good. Uh, doing the show with you, Rosa. I'm very thankful for the opportunity and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yep, it's been uh, it's been a good deal of fun and we have to thank our producer, Robbie McFarlane, because he sits in the background on our show. He's got a bit of a starring role in Trot Talk. We kind of treat him like a mushroom here on Dog Speed. That's not intentional. <laughs> but he's been here just about every show, which is quite remarkable. And I know he has some busy Sundays at times. So, Robbie, uh, thank you very, very much. Do you, do you want to say something on, on Dog Speed in the last minute? Do you actually want to... Can we hear your voice on oh, Dog Speed? How about this? I've <laughs> never gone on air on Dog Speed. This is very special. I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's really no, special, isn't it? No, hey, th- thank you very much If you're still around... <laughs> um, if you're still around on January the 8th, uh, we might get you to speak again. How about that? Oh, imagine. We'll see. Do you guys Hopefully. actually... Do you, get, do, you, do you producer dudes get a break? Oh, sometimes. It depends. Depends when the other producer yeah. dudes are having breaks. It's all very random. Okay. Uh, look, all the best to you. Have a Merry Christmas, Robbie. Really appreciate your help. Uh, and Dan, Merry Christmas to you. We'll keep talking. Uh, we'll keep texting. And we'll be back in three weeks for Dog Speed. January the 8th special at 10 a.m. Have a good festive season, everyone. <laughs>